Okay, so welcome. It's me again. <laughs> uh, there's no way you're tired of me yet, right? You know, it's only episode two, but today's going to be more of a shorter episode as I'm kind of just recording this to clear my thoughts for the week. And, you know, if you'll have any topics y'all would like me to cover, just let me know. Um, and I'll just kind of talk about things as they come along. Um, I have a couple things that I have planned for the upcoming episodes, but I'm not really sure how to structure some of the topics, so I'll be working on that just a little bit more this week, but one thing that has really been something consistent within the past two weeks has been the idea of can people change, you know? Um, Will people actually become, you know, kind of the potential that you might fall in love with in the end. And I guess those answers would be yes and no. Um, I've definitely had relationships in the past where I kind of had this idea of who I wanted them to be or who I thought that their potential would be and where they would one day become. And I liked the idea of that. And I didn't necessarily like where they were in the moment. And that's kind of a red flag on my end was, you know, I really needed to understand that if this person isn't who you want them to be, like right now, like you'll always hear those sayings of, would you be friends with this person if who they are right now is all they will ever become? Or would you marry this person if who they are now is all they will ever become? You know, if that's just what you got, nothing more, uh, would you still choose them? And I think that's important to realize when you're talking about, do people change? Um, Just because I don't know if a lot of y'all know this, but I am adopted and my birth mom is definitely not somebody that I really, you know, thought about when it comes to terms of somebody that's going to change. You know, when I was younger, I'd always, you know, asked around about her and kind of wondered where she was, what she was doing, things that she had going on and things of that nature. And A lot of people would tell me, you know, well, she's like this. And they'll tell me, you know, X, Y, Z or opinions, A, B, C of who she was and where she was in her life. And I always thought that, you know, all these people are saying these things about her, but she's going to change when she meets me or she's going to change when she knows that her lifestyle hurts my heart or she's going to change because I'm her daughter and she's going to want to change for me. And you know, in the end, when I did meet her, and when I did see, you know, exactly how she was, what her lifestyle was, and what her goals and aspirations and, or lack of things are, and, you know, all of the above, all the good, the bad, the dirty, the ugly, the pretty, all of it, I realized that she did not change at all. You know, maybe bits and pieces here and there, but it was not, you know, the severity of or drastic of a change that I had hoped for, wished for, prayed for, you know, all of the above. And I had to come to terms with the fact that she was never going to change for me. You know, there is nothing that I could have done or said or have been in order to encourage her or to convince her to change her lifestyle, who she was, or her intentions of just how she was going to live her life, you know? People have to want to change for themselves, and that's just something that, unfortunately, we can't control. Another thing I've come across with in my life is having people, you know, friends or just people that I'm acquaintances with live lifestyles that I so badly wish they could change because I know the good that's in store for them. 
I know that, you know, if they were to change A or B, um, then their life would just, you know, become so much more fruitful. Excuse me, I have to clear my throat. (coughs) Jeez, (laughs) sorry about that. Um, But I just thought, you know, their life would be so much more fruitful. Uh, They would just, you know, overflowing abundance of gifts and different things that they would then be given and be able to enjoy and experience if they would only just change A and B, or if only they would just change A, or if only they would just change a little bit or a lot. Um, And it's kind of frustrating to watch from the outside, people living lives that, you know, you wish were different. Um, And you may think, you know, all they got to do is just change this one small thing and their whole life would be so much better. And maybe it would be, maybe it would. Um, but the big thing is it might not. And either way, if they don't want to change for themselves, they're not going to change and their life's not going to change either. And there's nothing you can do about that. And as frustrating as it is, as much as I've struggled with it myself, as much as I'm sure many of you have struggled with it, it's the same. And it's unfortunate. But I mean, another big thing with that whole topic is just how powerful prayer is and how much that can really move mountains in somebody's life. So for me, I had a more difficult upbringing than I would think most people, the majority of people have had. I don't think I've had the most difficult upbringing by any means at all. I know that there's a whole bunch of people out there, even people that I know that have had much more, you know, much bigger issues and different experiences that really knocked them down that I would say are way more severe than what I had to endure. Um, Although what I do, what I did endure was quite difficult. Um, being able to pray about not only healing within myself, but healing within my community and healing within my family and healing within different people that were involved in certain situations. It's really been, you know, night and day for me. I went from being a super angry person. You know, if anybody knew me in high school, they knew that I was, you know, really big personality, um, like I always am. Um, but I also was extremely angry all the time and just sad. And I had, you know, kind of a pessimistic outlook on a lot of things. Uh, It was more of a all or nothing sort of ideology, if you will. Uh, It was very interesting because it's so different than what I am now. Now I'm like the aquamarine earrings, you know. I'm always complimenting people, always looking on the bright side, always thinking positivity. And very rarely do I, you know, sit in anger. Uh, about a situation or about somebody or sit in deep, deep sadness like I used to. And it's just incredible how much my life has been transformed and changed through prayer. You know, praying every day to God to lift this burden off of my shoulders. You know, take this cross from me because we weren't meant to carry these crosses alone at all. We were meant to lean on God and rely on him because really, truly, he's the only person that can carry that cross. It's way too heavy for us to carry on our own. Um, And so just kind of leaning on him and allowing him to take a lot of those burdens away from me has been huge. Also, having really good friends and family. I know that obviously not everybody's blessed with great family or blessed with great friends, but having those people in your in your circle and in your corner that will help you carry that cross as well. You know, every every one of my friends, I think, carries a nail for me. That's the best analogy I could put is if I have this big old cross God carries the wood and all my friends carry the nails. And although they can't carry much because they're human themselves and they have their own crosses, you know, to carry, we can each, you know, carry each other's nails. And it's just the little things that you don't want to have to think about that make the world of a difference. For instance, let's say you're a single mom and you get home from working your two jobs and life is just 
really difficult, you know? And let's say you have a nanny, and that nanny is carrying that nail for you. She is watching your kids. She is putting the oven, um, preheating the oven for your dinner that night. She's doing the laundry that you didn't get to last night because you were doing a last minute project that your kid told you about at 4 a.m. You know, different things like that. Um, Different people carry different parts of our cross, such as our nails. Another thing that I've noticed, uh, change of subject, is the that girl aesthetic. I know we've all seen it on TikTok, on Instagram. I mean, everywhere. Everyone has these drastic morning routines where they're waking up at 5 a.m. and they're going to the gym for 5.30. They're at the gym for two hours. They come back, make a huge, robust breakfast. They clean out their entire house, do all their laundry, and do their hair and makeup and change into a super cute outfit all before like 8 a.m. That is so unrealistic. And a lot of times when I would watch those videos and see those people living those lifestyles, I would think like, am I doing enough? Like, seriously, I'm missing something if, you know, all I can do with my morning is wake up, make my coffee, put on a little bit of makeup, and that's it. You know, if that's all I can get done in the morning, like, that is good. That is enough for me as long as I got up, you know? Um, And so... I feel like there's a big struggle for me recently with, you know, the that girl aesthetic and everyone kind of going above and beyond with thinking that I'm not living to my best potential, which at the end of the day, I do think that we all have, you know, we don't have thresholds on our potential. We could be as good as we want to be or as, you know, the the way that God has meant for us to be is far beyond anything that we could possibly even imagine. And so for us to think like, oh, I've reached my peak, that's just, it's not we can't there's no way um but I feel like also the ideology of just thinking that we could we could never be enough is so dangerous and it really robs us of you know the happiness that we could have in the moment um I've seen a lot of also girls on TikTok or people you know different people on TikTok that have kind of romanticized, you know, their nine to fives, because I know a lot of times, you know, recently in the past couple years, everyone's saying, you know, work for yourself, have your money work for you. I work two, two hours a week and I make six figures every year, you know, things that are just not necessarily realistic for all of us. And I think it's also important, you know, to realize and watch those people that romanticize their nine to five, because most of us, that's the jobs that we have is our nine to five. You know, we wake up, at 6 30 and we go to work for eight and we get off at five and we get home at like six because the traffic was terrible and then we make dinner we're exhausted and then we scroll on tiktok for a couple minutes and then we go to bed you know and that's all we're really able to do because that's all we have the energy to do and that's okay and it's important to realize that if that's all you can do that is fine you know find those bits and pieces of your day though to really increase your productivity and also just to help you uh, reset your mind as well like for instance in the morning waking up and starting a prayer is really great and kind of an exercise I've used in the past and that I still use that I think is extremely beneficial especially if you're kind of in a place with your faith where you kind of forgot how to pray because I do think that prayer is sort of a muscle for us and when we don't use it we kind of lose it and you kind of feel awkward it's kind of when you see uh, when you don't see a friend for a really long time when you finally go out for lunch or coffee or something and it's kind of awkward for the first couple minutes you know kind of breaking the ice and talking about things that you missed I feel like the same thing is with God you know we have to break that ice sometimes when we've been so, so distant for so long. And in order for it to, you know, not be as awkward when we, you know, kind of come back to them is when you wake up and you make your bed, pray about those people that don't have homes, that don't have beds, you know, people that don't have the comfort of warmth that we have, things like that. You know, when you turn on your lights in the morning, think about 
I want to pray for all those people who don't have electricity, for people who don't have, you know, the luxury of a structure to live under when you're making your breakfast or your lunch or your dinner. Uh, pray about those people who don't have food, who don't have access, who don't have the financial means to have food, people who don't have running water. Uh, you know, those little luxuries that we kind of take for granted that we never really realized until, you know, we don't have them. Another thing is, you know, when you get into your car, I want to pray for the fact that I have transportation, that you allow me to get from point A to point B safely, that, you know, you have good weather today and things like that. And your pets, every time you see your pets, thank you so much for giving us companions. There's just different places of gratitude and prayer that we can sneak into our everyday lives. And I will tell you, they make the world of a difference, like so, so much. And you won't really realize how much of a difference it makes until you really start doing it. Uh, Another part of my day that really helps me ground myself is my coffee. That's like my one thing every day that as long as I have my coffee, I know one thing went right. And that is that. And that's important to also make sure that at least one thing in your day goes right. And that's, you know, just a small thing such as your coffee or such as playing some good music in the morning or putting on your favorite pair of sunglasses when you're driving to work to put you in a mood. You know, all those little things that you could do that'll just help just that, just that much more. Another thing is uh, a while back on TikTok, I started doing highs and lows. And the more I did those, the more I realized that I really needed to be doing highs and lessons because our lows aren't necessarily, you know, just the bad things that happened in our day. Uh, more often, our lows are really lessons and they're things that we kind of were able to learn during that day with the different outcomes and some things you know not all things are going to be great things that happen to us and when those not so great things happen to us we need to be able to look back and change you know for the future and be able to learn uh, the different lessons that come along with that in order to have a different outcome later and so my highs and lessons for this past week have been I remember last two weeks for my highs I've had a newfound motivation just for different things that I had once lacked motivation in. And one of those is catching up with old friends and people I haven't talked to in a while. You know, I'm definitely the type of friend that I can, you know, stop talking to somebody for two years. And then the second we start talking again, we can pick right back up where we left off. That is so very much me. And I understand that I'm just an extremely low maintenance friend. I don't need to hang out with somebody every day. I don't need to talk to somebody every day in order to still know that they are still my friend, you know, but I do understand that a lot of people are not like that. A lot of people need reassurance. A lot of people need just, you know, that companionship with somebody that's more consistent. And so I've had newfound motivation to be more consistent in relationships um, that are not romantic. So that was, you know, a high, something I really missed that I lacked that I gained. Another thing is new beginnings. I finally took my real estate exam and I passed. So super excited about that. And I signed on with a brokerage as well. So I'm really excited about this new career that I'm about to embark on. And I hope it's fulfilling. And it's just an exciting journey that's up ahead. And I'm just really thankful that I have the opportunity to do so. Another high is I'm finally finding like my style with fashion. I think my biggest obstacle with wearing the things that I really wanted to wear was the fact that the things that I really wanted to wear were extremely, very expensive. And one of the best ways that I was able to kind of go around that was trying this service called Rent the Runway. 
And when I tell you that this service is like the best thing, and I know I'm a sales major, but y'all, you've got to get on Rent the Runway because I looked at my bank statement from Jean and the amount of money that I spent on clothes was ridiculous, like ridiculous. It was a little bit painful. And I, you know, promised myself that I would never do that again, like ever. Like that was so unnecessary, did not need to happen. Um, and it was just reckless, absolutely reckless. And so with Rent the Runway, I pay a flat rate every single month and I pick out different pieces. So I'm allowed eight spots uh, for the entire month. And so I get four at a time and I switch it out once in the month. So for a total of eight pieces total. And that has been just the game changer, y'all. Okay, so any pieces that I know that I'm only going to wear once or let's just say this. Let's say I have three events this month or four events this month and I need new pieces. Normally I would go and buy a new outfit for that and it would be probably around 70 bucks per outfit. And that's how much money I would spend. Now I spend a quarter of that for outfits for all of my events. And it's worth it to me because I can wear a luxury piece that I would have probably looked into buying anyway. Um, But I don't have to buy it. It doesn't sit in my closet. I wear it once, take a picture in it, turn it back in. It's just, it's overall just better for me and better for a lot of people that, if they're anything like me, that they know. So, would highly suggest that. Then, moving on to my lessons. One of my uh, lessons has been consistency with cooking. I have been an absolute mess in the kitchen, and Madeline can attest to this. We do our dishes probably about once a day, which, I don't know about y'all, but for some reason I feel like that's a lot. But, um... I just wasn't really consistent with my cooking and I wasn't really eating the way that I really should have been eating. Uh, But recently I've learned that in order for me to eat a good meal at the end of the day, I know that I either have to have it prepped, made, or all the ingredients already at home because I'm not going to stop at the grocery store on my way home from work. It's just not going to happen and then I'm going to order out and it's just not going to be good. So that was something that I learned this past week is I got to have all my stuff prepped or done or it ain't happening. Another lesson has been uh, God's mercies are new every morning. And I read that in one of my devotionals um, within the past two weeks. And it made me realize that, you know, we mess up every day. Every day, all day, nonstop. No matter how hard we try, we will always fall because we're human, you know. And there's nothing that we can really do about that. But what's important to remember is that you don't run out of God's mercy. You know, he doesn't, you don't, he doesn't give you a certain amount for the day and you run out of it and you don't get any left. They're new every morning. It's like you start on a clean slate. He just meets you where you are, and he extends his hand out to us um, to hold and to guide. And I just think that's really special and oh so sweet, and it just warmed my heart, and I thought that was so beautiful. And something I did want to address also is kind of a comparison between faith and building a house, you know? And let me go ahead and pull up my notes on this. Because I kind of outlined it um, as a possible study that my Bible study might do, but I'm not sure yet. But I just said, you know, it could be a series where you're building a house and you could call it, you know, to make a home, to build a home, home to heaven, whatever you wanted. And so first what you got to do is find land to build on. And basically how God does that with our faith is he plants the seeds of faith and it kind of brings us along the lines of like good soil and bad soil. How good soil will produce good fruit and bad soil produces bad fruit. So obviously you want good soil. And then from there you build your foundation of your house. So with God, you know, you are staying strong on your faith. You have a firm understanding of the word and you have unwavering strength in difficult situations. You know, that strong, those strong building blocks. 
Then you build the roof and you put in your walls. And so this is like the structure. So God gives us rules to shelter us and to protect us. And he wraps his blanket of love around us and wants what is best for us as well. So, you know, he gives us those 10 commandments to follow as protection, just like our walls do that structure. And then the warmth of our house is his blanket of love. And then after that, you then add your furniture and your decorations and um, all the frou-frou stuff. And so he gives us the tools to live a fulfilling life according to his will. So we can still have fun and live a life filled with faithfulness. And we can use our talents and each skill we are individually given to share the love of Christ. And we're fearfully, wonderfully made, just like the embroidered expensive curtains that we may have imported from foreign countries that we want in our house or, you know, the little cute vases and things like that. We're expensive to God. You know, we mean a lot to him and he is serious about us just like you are serious about your house. And then lastly, you have a party at your new house. You have a housewarming party. Everybody comes and you're so, so excited. And just like that, he calls us to be in community with one another, to share his word and to be leaders of the faith. And he wants to us to enjoy the time we have with others, a time of togetherness and not envy, a time of support and not comparison and things like that. So basically, you know, you're building your house just like you're building your faith. And I thought that was just an interesting comparison that might make it a little bit easier um, to figure out where you can start with your faith journey. Because some people really feel super far behind. Because when you think about building a house, you think, there's no way I can do that. That's too lofty of a goal. Um, But when you break it up into little steps and bits and pieces, it makes it a whole lot easier and a whole lot more manageable. And that's exactly what we can do with our faith to make it oh so much better. So that is all I have for this episode. But I hope everybody has a fulfilling week. And if I can pray for you in any way, let me know. Thanks, guys.